This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek here with the North Shore Record North Shore founding member Joe Coughlin. We've got a lot to talk about in this week's episode of the podcast. We are um, into the winter postseason now. Um, a lot, pretty much all the sports are into the postseason now, other than um, basketball and swimming. So uh, we are, we've got a lot to talk about, and we've got a lot of fun uh, down the stretch uh, action to talk about as well. So um, it should be a fun podcast this week, as they always are. We're going to do a regular four quarter format. In the first quarter, we recap everything that happened in the first um, in this past week in the first quarter. In the second quarter, we are joined by a new Trier uh, boys basketball sharpshooter, Mr. Fegan, as he uh, uh, talks about the big win for new Trier and surpassing 1,000 points. In the third quarter, we play way or no way our weekly gusting game. And then in the fourth quarter, we get you all ready for the upcoming week of sports. And there is a lot to talk about in this upcoming week. So um, we'll get you all ready and set up for the upcoming week of sports. But just a quick reminder that you can uh, get all caught up on our podcast by uh, make, by subscribing to them. They're, they're available everywhere. Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Android, whatever you lose, make sure you're there. Make sure you're looking up the record North Shore for uh, the proper Varsity podcast. Um, and uh, give us a nice little review when you're there. We always appreciate it, and it helps us get to uh, other interested ears who want to hear about North Shore high school sports. But let's get things started here. Joe, I'll bring you in as we are uh, going to start off here in the first quarter, and we'll start off with boys basketball. Um, we had a really good week in the boys basketball for both Loyola and uh, New Trier, where uh, both teams got some good uh, conference action in on Friday and then competed in the war on the shore on Saturday. And let's start off here with a uh, new Trier, Joe, where um, new Trier needed to uh, pick up a kind of a bounce back win after losing the GBN um, the previous week. And uh, they took care of business pretty handily against GBS um, and then went on to beat DePaul prep um, on Saturday. And then, uh, also went on to uh, win two more games on against Niles West and a win on Wednesday. So um, a really productive, active week for Nutria, but um, something you really want to see from them, especially after a tough loss to GBN. Yeah, I you know I'm recalling our conversation from last pod about this game, and me being very adamant that it's going to be a good close game. I don't see either team winning by a lot, and. Dead wrong. Nutrier came out firing and uh, just just destroyed. Really, uh, a very hot GBS team who has now seemed to hit a wall a little bit. Uh, getting off for coming only because I mean he's clearly capable of that, but because everybody in the conference, especially, knows what he's capable of and shuts him down with you know double teams and and you know ball denial and all that stuff and. Um, Nutria had a good scheme to get him open. He hit six threes and scored a variety of other ways as well um, uh, on his way to 30. And it's just a huge win for them um, to kind of stay atop that race. And on the same night in the CSL South, and on the same night, Evanston took down a surging Evanston, took down GBN in a surprise. So 
Uh, Nutria sitting alone at the top there right now. Um, um, big game with Evanson coming up. So huge win for them. And then the war on the shore, uh, quick turnaround. They had the afternoon game on Saturday against DePaul, a good, you know, feisty team. Uh, DePaul hung with them for the first half. And then um, Nutria slowly kind of created that separation in the late third, early fourth quarter to win by double digits. So um, good couple wins, a gritty one on, on Saturday and just really a, a runaway one on Friday, which we didn't, I didn't see coming. Yeah. You got a really commanding four straight wins for uh Nutria. I guess five of you want to include their uh, last week's win over La Lumiere blue from Indiana, but um, you got 64, 51 over Glenbrook South 58, 42 over DePaul prep 71, 47 over Niles West and then 78 to 50 over North Chicago. Um, obviously, the GBS game uh, seemed probably the most impressive, uh, just being able to uh, sneak that one out. But um, I, I feel like this is kind of what we were talking about last week, Joe, where if they're hitting their shots and they're doing exactly what they need to do, they can beat anybody. But um, it's pretty much like what happens when you don't hit your shots. And I guess that wasn't really a factor this weekend. But um, I, I mean, this new team kind of showed us what they're capable of. Now it's just being able to, you know, kind of take that extra step and um, being able to score when maybe Fegan isn't making shots or, you know, they're really able to zone out some of their top players. Yeah. You know, the thing about Nutria this year is they got a lot of dudes. They just got dudes who can play basketball, but a lot of them are newer to varsity minutes other than Fegan. Um, none of them had substantial varsity minutes in the past. So now we're two thirds of the way through the season. And, uh, you know, I won't say we're figuring that out, but when they all play together and, and they're all capable of doing special things. So I think that's what's happening here. When we see them play like that, they are still susceptible to down games. Um, I think because of that, uh, maybe not a hundred percent sure of how to play together yet, but they're getting there. Um, and I think they're, they're surely capable of making a lot of noise in this sectional. They're capable of winning it, but I, I also think it's, it's a, it's a, really good sectional and we got five teams i think that are capable of winning it maybe six so um they, they who it's whoever's going to be playing at their best and i think when all the teams are at their best it's hard not to say you know nutrier might be at the top of that um but uh they got a lot of dudes and when they put it together and when they certainly when they're hitting shots and, and if fegan goes for 30 points i don't know how you're gonna lose right all right, we'll talk more about Nutrier um, in the coming quarters, especially in the second quarter when Fegan joins us. So let's move on over now to Loyola Boys Basketball, who uh, split their weekend with a uh, uh, 39-36 to 36 win over the Paw Prep, just being able to squeeze that out in Wilmette on Friday, um, and then uh, losing 60-52 to 52 against Bolingbroke, top, um, top team in the state in Bolingbroke, just really a, um, a very talented team. Um, maybe not exactly what you know, what Loyola wanted there, Joe, but I do feel like it's kind of what we expected heading into the weekend when we were talking last week. Yeah. Uh, Bolingbroke's really good. Um, what I think we didn't expect. So uh, let's start with Friday, the win over DePaul. DePaul's good. They're feisty. It's a conference game. Um, and they battled defensively. Uh, I know coach would have liked to see a little more scoring, but um, gutting out a victory is, is never a bad thing in the, in the, in this Catholic league. So um they're, they're fighting for a conference championship. So he kind of, you know, when I talked to Coach Libertino, he was telling me they kind of emptied the tank on Friday night. I think that was his exact term. 
and uh, he he's okay with that, you know, even though maybe down the road or maybe they need to do a little better job preparing for two game weekends. That was the most important game. So getting the win there was huge. They just couldn't really keep up with, and not by a lot. I think they lost by six, seven um, with a Bolingbroke team um, and Loyola allowing 60. I think that was the most points they've allowed all season. Um, so right. that's an anomaly. Um, they don't usually do that. A team they don't, ever see in a style maybe they don't ever see you can kind of excuse it um but i know coach Levitino is not um and i'm sure a lot of his guys were disappointed with allowing that many points especially in a game where they scored over 50 which is usually kind of a key benchmark for them so um little disappointed in that they didn't win that game but Bowlingbrook's the top 12 top 15 team in the state i don't think there's any shame um to dropping one to them i think they just wish they played a little better on the defensive end of the floor yeah, definitely. Like you mentioned with Coach, uh, what Coach Levitino said, Loyola currently in first place in the CCL White um, with a 9-1 and conference record, 20-7 and overall. Uh, obviously, that big win over Brother Rice uh, looms large. Brother Rice now 9-2 and um, in the conference, so um, or in the division, I should say. But uh, um, yeah, it was kind of interesting just to see, you know, how they're able to handle back-to-backs. And we've kind of noticed that about this Loyola team so far this yep. year, that you know, they do well on a Friday. Um, and then on a Saturday, maybe they don't come out with the same intensity as they did on Friday. And that's whether you're tired or, um, you know, not being able to kind of get it going. I mean, you saw it, um, at, they beat Fenwick and then the next day they lose to, uh, St. Patrick, uh, earlier in the year in December. Um, and we saw it, you know, a couple weeks ago where they beat brother rice on Friday and then have a letdown against Taft on Saturday. So, um, I think that's a very interesting thing. Obviously, that's not going to be really a, a factor when it comes time for the playoffs. You don't have to play back-to-backs or anything like that. But um, a really interesting trend for this Ramblers team, um, you know, who's just who has shown that they're able to beat a lot of good teams, but also sometimes have shown their flaws, especially after paying, playing a game the night before. Yeah, and who knows what exactly you can attribute that to. It's kind of weird. Um, but you know, they've been bad and back to back. So a lot of teams are, you know, you kind of give it your all and you know, loyal is definitely a high intensity, uh, team on the defensive end. I mean, they, they guard you sometimes full court. Um, so you can kind of see how, especially if it's an afternoon the next day, they might be a little off. Um, but it happened and but now it's over. So I, I'm sure Levitino and his coaching staff and his players are, are kind of glad that there's no more back-to-backs for them this season as they approach the, um, the playoffs. Um, and I think they'll be ready to go. Like I said, um, it's going to be a heck of a sectional. And in the, in the Catholic league, how about Marmion beating Mount Carmel? My goodness. What a shocker. Yeah, there's uh, no days off in the CCL. I know that's a, probably a big cliche or anything like, like something like that. But um, yeah, I mean, you just always have to fight. And I feel like this these last two weeks, especially this week and um, last week, and maybe a little bit this, this week, this is like a really um, dangerous time for a lot of teams where you're kind of in the dog days of the basketball season. It's January. It's cold outside, even though it's been nice to have the sun. But, um, you, you know, you just kind of get tired of playing all these games and all these matchups and that kind of stuff and you kind of get yourself into a funk so um i i think these last couple of weeks are really tough times but it's also maybe for coaches a good time 
where you're like, you kind of get used to routine and you're like, no, we got to get out of this routine and we need to be able to, uh, um, we need to be able to kind of get out of that because we got the playoffs starting in a couple of weeks. So we had to turn it around now and we can't play games like this. So um, these type of games are always interesting, especially late in January. Um, and uh, it's always fun to see, you know, how you kind of respond from that adversity um, moving forward. Sticking with basketball, Loyola girls basketball beat Fenwick as part of their GCAC um, tournament. Um, not really a, a shocker there for the Loyola girls basketball team being uh, Fenwick. Um, they beat La Lumiere last Thursday. Um, then they get Montini on this Thursday. Kind of uh, taking care of business there, Joe. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they want this tournament. You know, this is an important one. Um, one, you want to play, of course, your best leading into the postseason. But two, you know, um, GCAC pride and, and all that. It means a lot to them. So um, they want to take this one. It's going to be a really good one um, against Montini. Um, I think uh, girls basketball have three classes and Montini's in 2A. Is that right? I think or, so. I think they have four classes. Four. Montini's just a step below, so they won't see him in the postseason. But, uh, uh, you know, obviously rivals in the GCAC, so it'll be a good – two of the best teams in each of those divisions. So it'll be a good one. Should be a good one. And we'll uh, talk more basketball in the second, third, and fourth quarter. But um, now we're going to jump on over to uh, girls gymnastics, where Nutrier eked out Warren for a regional championship this week. Nutrier finishing with a team score of 140.5250. Warren with 140.3250. Um, Nutrier able to win a title without uh, an individual regional title winner, um, which is pretty interesting, but also says a lot about Nutrier's depth. Um, Warren and Prairie Ridge for, took first and second in the all-around um, individually. individually. Uh, Clara Crossgrove finished third with a 36.25. Uh, Ryan Siegel finished uh, fourth with a 35.5. And then Sammy Mills finished uh, fifth with a 34.8250. So, um, kind of impressive, Joe, just to, you know, kind of show their depth and, um, you know, maybe they don't win an individual regional title, but uh, Nutria was able to, uh, you know, put it all together in order to win a team one. Yep, this was big for them, big step um, after winning conference. Now they win regional. I think conference, they put up a slightly higher score. Of course, judges from these events back and forth close enough, right? They're at that 140 to 142 range right now. Um, I think they're going to want... Um, Clara's over uh, 36 for her all around, you know, you think about it, four events, that's over nine per event. That's good. If they can just bump up those a little for Ryan, who's just below 36, and Sammy, who's below 35, they can get those a little higher. Uh, we're looking at a state qualifying team. I think that's what they're looking at. But having all three of those girls competing in the all around kind of signals to me that they're healthy, uh, they're feeling good uh, going into the postseason. And, I think that's where you want to be. And, and you know, you never want to compete um, shorthanded um, with some injuries. So it seems like, and I'm not sure, maybe some of their individuals in individual events might be aching a little bit. I'm not sure about that, but it seems like they're in a good spot health-wise uh, and that'll give them the best chance to return to state, which is their goal. So sectional, I think, is next Wednesday. Um, and I think they have a pretty good chance. I don't think they have a chance uh, – a strong chance to win the sectional, but to put up a qualifying score, I think they do. So they're on a good, good trek. Yeah, definitely on a good trek. So it should be uh, 
um, a lot of fun uh, for them to, uh, you know, kind of keep it going and move on to the sectional with the whole team. So uh, congrats to them. And uh, we'll talk more about uh, their upcoming week uh, later on in the podcast. Um, keep on going here in the first quarter. We had a signing day on Wednesday, the regular signing day um, taking place. Uh, Loyola had a good group of uh, signees as well. Um, obviously, they had their, their uh, guys uh, signed during the early signing period. Um, they had more added on. Uh, Declan Ford, wide receiver, signed with Colorado School of Mines. Uh, Will uh, Emerson, offensive lineman, signed with Trinity College in Connecticut. Um, Michael Constantino, uh, offensive lineman, signed with Missouri, so he'll be playing in the SEC. Johnny McGuire, defensive back, he'll be playing at Northwestern. He'll join his teammate, um, Jack Fitzgerald. Uh, Penny Otis, uh, Michal Palus, uh, offensive lineman, is going to Eastern Illinois. Brady Moffitt, offensive lineman, is going to Denison. And uh, long snapper Cloud Stroud is going to uh, be paying, playing for the Redbirds of Illinois State. So, um, I mean, obviously, Joe, when you win a state championship, you're going to have a lot of talented players. So, um, not really a surprise, but uh, congrats to those guys. And uh, just a, a really, uh, you know, an earned honor for those guys getting an opportunity to play at the next level. Yeah, a lot of these guys are really good at football, um, to state the obvious. Um, um, and uh, congrats to all of them. And I think uh, you, you see among this group a lot of offensive linemen and blockers, and I think this kind of is evidence to what we talked about all season long. Uh, of course, uh, Loyola was good on both ends of the football, but a big plus for them was on that line. And those blockers, and that includes the tight ends too, who are, who are a big part of the blocking scheme, keeping Jake Sterney clean and uh, allowing them to kind of run this this efficient offense. So, kudos to them. Uh, I think also for Loyola, we saw um, Massey Odiati um, sign his letter of intent for Northwestern. So, the wrestler, the star wrestler, finishing second in his weight class last year, one of the best in the state this year, um, is going to wrestle next year at Northwestern. Well deserved for him. He's worked really hard to get to where he is. And we're going to see what, uh, if he can make another run at a state title um, this season. Um, but uh, pretty cool stuff for him as well. Yeah, definitely. And uh, to finish things off, obviously we had new Trier going down to a competitive dance uh, state finals over the weekend. They didn't make it past the preliminary round, but uh, scoring finishing 30th with the 79.46, but um, obviously still a really cool honor for the Trevians to head down to the state for the first time. Yeah, great for them. Um, we listened to their coach, Courtney Kafkis, last week on this pod, um, talk about what it meant and how they were able to get there. Um, first time down there, they competed on the biggest stage, really pumped about it. Um, check out that story on the record. We talked to a couple of their captains as well. Um, and we have kind of their celebration when they were announced. We got some pictures of their performance. Um, so uh, only on the way up that program, it seems, um, from here so uh, good on them all right I think that's everything we've got here in the first quarter so why don't we jump on over now to the second quarter we are joined by new Trier boys basketball player James Fegan um, obviously making history with the program scoring over a thousand points and helping new Trier continue their big win streak Joe I know you got a chance to catch up with Mr. Fegan what are the folks at home going to hear um, just like correction you said James it's Jake um, which I know you know that, um, but Jake uh, reached a thousand points and um, he did it with two victories. So that made it uh, nice, a little sweeter. And uh, he's the third Trevian to do that this uh, since 2000. Matt Loddick did it in 2000. 
um, obviously a legend, and Connor Bain, um, who had a great career in college too at Dartmouth, um, did it in 2012, I think. Um, a lot of great players play for Nutrier, so this is quite an honor for Jake. And he talks about um, what was key to getting there, um, what it means to him. And um, yeah, listen to it. Check it out. All right, let's have a listen. Start with the biggest thing. Uh, hit your reaching 1,000 career points. Tell me what that means. Um, it means a lot. Um, a lot of hard work went into um, getting myself to a point where I can get those 1,000 points. Um, and a lot of good memories with all my teammates and coaches throughout the past three years, sophomore, junior, senior year, um, with all those games and kind of just accumulation of all that hard work put in. Now that you're now that you're part of that club, what does it take to get there? What kind of what are some important things you gotta be as a high school basketball player to get to a thousand? Um, I would say really important thing is kind of just having a versatile game um, and kind of being able to expand your game I think is very important. Um, my sophomore and junior year, I was definitely more catch and shoot, three guy. Um, I had some other things, but mostly just catch and shoot. And this year, I'm kind of really expanded my game. And that's really allowed me to score at all three levels, um, which makes it hard for um, opposing teams to kind of take you out of the game. Um, so that's been very helpful. Did you know? Did you know it was coming? Um, I knew that was pretty close, and the teammate actually kind of told me before the game, which was kind of funny. Um, so I did know, I guess. Um, okay, well, congrats. That's awesome. Um, you got 30 of them on Friday in a huge matchup. Uh, what got into you that night, and how did you guys – because GBS was playing very well coming into that game, and um, – what was key to you guys taking that victory? Yeah, I think what was key to that victory was kind of Friday before that, we had a tough loss to GBN. Um, and so we had a great week of practices. We stayed positive and kind of really um, got after and had great game prep and good game plan coming into the game. Um, I think we did a pretty good job executing, and it definitely helped that we, we shot very well. Um, playing in the home gym was nice. Um, and kind of, we, I feel like we got into a good flow of our offense at times, and so that helped a lot. And then defensively, we did a pretty good job um, kind of honing in on their good players. Um, and, yeah, it was a big one. Thank you, as always, Jake, for joining us. And thank you again to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. Always appreciate everybody's insight um, and great analysis, as always. All right, let's jump on over now to the third quarter where we play our weekly game of way or no way. I throw out five propositions, and Joe and I argue or agree whether they can happen way or no way they will not happen. All right, Joe, we're going to start with wrestling here. We got uh, regional wrestling taking place this upcoming weekend. Um, Loyola and Nutrira will both be traveling to Fremd over the weekend to uh, take place in uh, to compete in their regional where um, individuals are trying to advance and the team will try to advance as well. Uh, way or no way that the Ramblers team as a team can win that uh, regional and advance to the sectional? Oh, um, 
man, I got to look at the teams. I totally, uh, you caught me off guard again. You tend to do this. Um, but uh, yeah, Glenbrook South, Glenbrook North, Prospect, Rammed, Rolling Meadows, Niles North, Loyola, Nutrier. They could, but I like I like Glenbrook South a lot. Um, they've had a very nice season, um, and they're good. So yeah, that that's a possibility though. They're going to have with that, you know, seven maybe um, qualifiers uh, for the sectional, and uh, that that's going to be a lot of points they're going to rack up in that tournament. So I think it's quite possible that'd be great, and then they could compete in the team sectional. Um, so I say way they have a shot. I think it's a way as well. I mean, both Glenbrook South and Loyola um, have earned honorable mention rankings in Illinois Math Men's rankings as a team. Um, so obviously they're both, you know, good. So I, I think it'll probably come down to those teams. And I think Loyola can win that. I think that um, they've got the talent who's going to be able to do that. So um, I'll go away with that one. I think Loyola uh, Wrestling will win as a team um moving forward all right joe nutrier will also be at that uh regional way or no way that nutrier will have three or more wrestlers advancing to the sectional round three or more huh um because i feel like it's right at three it could be two I, i'll say they have three or more i'll say way um i think they have a few guys uh wilson writes one of them who should advance um, Eli uh, Pol- Polisek is another one who should, and I think they're going to get another one as well. So um, it's compared to the past few years, obviously they had a state champion last year. They had their best season as a team ever two years ago. Um, this is slightly a step down, um, but it's still a good team and um, it's a deep team. So I, I think they get three or more away. Yeah, I think I'll go with the way there as well. I mean, you got, like you mentioned, Wilson Wright. You got Eli Polosik. You got Tag Miller, who's really good as a sophomore. Ty Stinger, uh, Stringer is also really good. So um, you'll get some good competition there. So I think, yeah, way you're going to get some more guys um, moving forward. And uh, they should have good representation at the sectional round. Um, all right, obviously, um, Nutrier beat GBS. And then Evanston lost to... GB or Evanston beat GBN in boys hoops on Friday. Um, so way or no way, Joe, that next week's battle between Nutria and GBN will decide the CSL South winner. Yeah, I think so. Way. Um, I think either way you slice it, because if Nutria GBN beat GBS, I think two days ago. Uh, so they, they got that extra win. Nutrier plays Evanston this week. If they win, then they're one game up on GBN. It'll decide. And if they lose, they're tied with GBN. It'll decide. And so um, I've, it has huge implications. I, I think there are other, some crazy things that might happen, but shouldn't. I, I'll say way it will. You know, Nutrier better. But I think they will. Obviously, it's Evanston. So it's not like, it, you know, they're going to take it lightly. But they got to travel to Evanston. It's going to be a real one this Friday. So. Either way you slice it, I think next weekend with GBN will be uh, it'll be a banger. It's going to be a really good one. Yeah, I think we'll we'll hit on this more in the in the fourth quarter when we preview this upcoming week. But I don't think Nutria should look over oh, look over Evanston in this upcoming week matchup. I think obviously Evanston has shown that they're able to beat good teams, and um, maybe their record isn't exactly what it used to be in the past couple of years. But that doesn't mean that Evanston is a bad team by any means. So. 
Um, I'm definitely going to go with uh, Way. I think that Nutrier um, and GBN will eventually decide to see a sell south, but um, as we'll talk about in the fourth quarter, um, that is definitely not a game that they should be thinking about right now and definitely should be looking forward to Evanston uh, this upcoming week. All right, Joe, we'll know more um, about seats for boys and girls basketball in the coming week, but um, I'm going to have you, I uh, guess, over here um, for uh, boys basketball. Loyola and Nutria are both in the Nutria sectional. They have GBS, GBN, uh, Rolling Meadows, Schaumburg, um, some of the top teams in the area um, in that Nutria sectional. So way or no way, you think it's possible that Nutria and Loyola can somehow end up the top two seeds in that sectional? Um, I, no, no, I don't think so. Um, I think they're going to give, although Rolling Meadows has taken a couple um, losses recently. Um, I mean, they're not many. I think Rolling Meadows have five on the season. Um I still think uh, they're up there and Nutria's up there, depending on what happens to GBN. But I think Loyola is a couple steps back, sitting right there. And I think I think Loyola will pass. It looks, you know, with recent results, GBS in that um, sectional. But uh, I don't think they'll be two. Um, I think we're probably looking at Rolling Meadows or Nutria. Though one of those three, it's going to go. One, two, three with Rolling Meadows, GBN, and um, Nutria. Yeah, I, I think I'll go with No Way with you as well. And I think it's pretty much like, I think Nutria is pretty much, if they win out, obviously they win out, probably they get the number one seed. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, obviously things change with an Evanston loss. And then what do you do with the win against GBN and then the loss against GBN? So that can make things interesting as well. But I think Nutria is pretty close to guaranteed a spot unless they do something crazy. Um, to earn that top two spot. But yeah, I agree with you. I think Loyola is just a bit outside of that top two spot. Probably top four. I would I would say top four, maybe top five, maybe if they have like another drawback or something like that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with no way. But I do think that those two uh, teams should definitely be top four teams um, moving forward as we'll go into the playoffs. Um, final way or no way, Joe, we'll jump back over to uh, gymnastics. Way or no way, you were surprised by New Trier's uh, regional win. No, I wasn't surprised. Um, I was surprised. I thought they might have, um, they might win one or two events. Um, but collectively, they're a very solid gymnastics team. Um, and seeing as they had their three top girls uh, compete in the all-around was a big sign for them. Um, yeah, so I'm not surprised. I'm actually only surprised that um, it was only 140.8. Uh, I think they they want to be above 141, closer to 142. Yeah, I wasn't really surprised either. I, I again, it's a twofold. I was surprised that they didn't win the, uh, an individual regional. It's pretty impressive to win a regional with that. But um, yeah, I think uh, um, I think uh, he just uh, you know just being able to um, put that depth together and being able to win a regional. I kind of expected that from Nutrier, so. Um, no way. I was not really surprised about them being able to do that. All right, let's jump on over now to the fourth quarter where we preview the upcoming week of sports action. And we've got a lot to talk about here. Um, let's jump right into it with Nutrier Boys Hoops. They'll travel to Evanston. Both Nutrier and girls will, and boys and girls will play um, Evanston on Friday. Um, based on the records, I think a little bit more interest in the boys game 
than the girls game this upcoming week. But um, what can we expect out of this game, Joe, especially with the way that Evanston has been playing recently? Um, I feel like maybe, I don't think that Nutria was ever looking down at this game or really, you know, not thinking about it that much. But um, I do think that maybe, you know, with the recent wins that Evanston has been able to have, um, they might pay a little bit more attention than they maybe would have a little bit before. Yeah, I, you know, this is the Evanston team we thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year. You know, they got some returners. Uh, they were really young last year, but showed some flashes. So we thought they'd take that leap, and it was a struggle at the start. But now they, I, they've seemingly reached it. I think they're sitting at around 20 wins and six losses or something like that. So uh, they've really come on long, you know, really or, uh, lately, um, and, you know, anchored by Prince Adams, who's just kind of a force. Um, you know, on the glass and putting it in the hoop. So um, you got to be ready and it's going to be tough. It's going to be physical. Um, I don't expect a high scoring game, which obviously, you know, tightens the gap and it's going to be, you know, you got to, got to execute. These teams know each other. Well, they're going to, they're going to battle. They're going to do battle. It's in Beardsley gym. So they're going to have that. Evans is going to have that advantage. Uh, You got to come ready to play. It's going to be the CSL on the line plus the rivalry. Um, I expect a real high intensity game and yeah, Nutrier should be all the way up. Yeah, I definitely think that's a game that, you know, Nutrier can't overlook. I not to say that they were going to overlook this matchup um heading into it, but um, you know, they Evanston beat uh Niles Notre Dame fifty-four to thirty-eight, GBN sixty-four to fifty-eight, um, Niles West fifty-six to thirty-seven and Lakeview ninety-two to twenty-eight. So um they're able to put up those points. I mean, they won four in a row. They Lost pretty handily earlier in the month to Rolling Meadows, 82 to 46. They lost to GBS, 65 to 58. So um, I think it all just really depends on what, you know, what Evanston team are you going to get? I mean, this team beat Maine South, not the Maine South is anything looked down upon, but, you know, they beat them 45 to 43 earlier in the month. So um, it'll be really interesting to see which, Evanston team we get because you, you you know they beat them they beat Maine South 42 to 36 on Tuesday so is the is, is the team that we're going to see on Friday the team that um you know has been playing recently with their wins or um is this a team that you know we kind of saw earlier in the year and maybe this is just a blimp and a radar and kind of a factor of you know being late January maybe some teams look at looked at Evanston's record and was like oh maybe this isn't as good of an Evanston team as we've seen before so um, I'm really curious to see what Evanston team we get. And I think New Cheer should be prepared for, you know, facing either team at this point. Yeah. I mean, you got to expect the peak team. And I really think that win over GBN was a statement win for them. Um, in terms of both their season kind of on the rise, but also confidence wise, uh, they're going to be playing it with, with a lot of confidence. So just got to be ready for all that. And then you got to be ready for some new schemes and, uh, things to take Nutria out of its game. Um, but, I, you know, I'm really confident in if, which we've talked about, if Nutria shoots at a good clip um, from the perimeter, uh, they're very, very difficult to beat because of what they can also do uh, with working the ball around it on the defense bend of the floor and what Fee can do all over, Fegan can do all over the court. So um, they play their brand of basketball and hit their shots. Nutria should win this game, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be ready for a, uh, uh, you know, uh, really high intensity, rough and tumble game. 
Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. So obviously that's a matchup that we're looking forward to this upcoming week. Um, Loyola Boys Basketball hosts uh, De La Salle um, or goes to, um, sorry, what is it? It's uh, going to De La Salle um, on Friday. De La Salle, a pretty um, good team, 16-9 overall, 4-3. and three. Um, If Loyola wants to win the conference, this is a game that they need to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now it's just taking care of business um, for Loyola. They've kind of, while they've had some slips here and there through the season, they've done a lot of what they needed to do, especially in the CCL, um, to set up a chance. They gave themselves a chance, and now they're just, they can't let down. There's, there's not much of the season left here, um, so just make sure you're, you're locked and ready to go and, and you finish things off. Um, uh, be prepared and be um, focused. And I think they, they do that. You know, they shouldn't lose these games. All right, Loyola Girls Basketball continues its run in the GCAC tournament. Uh, they play Montini on Thursday night. We're recording this on Thursday um, in a game that we think is the GCAC semifinal. Not 100% sure, um, but based on the schedule, it seems like it is. Um, Loyola beat uh, Montini 41-37 to in December. Um, Joe, I feel like, I mean, we've talked about it the last couple of weeks with this Loyola team. I feel like this is a game that Loyola needs to win in order to just build that confidence um, heading into the postseason. Yeah, um, it would be nice, you know that you know. It, but uh, Montini's no joke, and um, they've proven that. And either is uh, you know whoever they win. I don't know who's on the other side. I'm going to guess Macaulay and um, who am I forgetting? Uh, Mike, would it be Ignatius? I'm sorry, Ignatius. You're right. Uh, who's playing really good basketball? So. Um, that's who we're going to look at. So these, you know, winning two of those back-to-back games, I, that would be a huge confidence boost. I don't know if they need to, to be at the place, just play good basketball. These two games, um, you, you want to win and you have the capability of it, but you're playing great basketball. Then I think you're giving yourself a real boost going into that, um, uh, the playoffs. Based on my deductions through uh, Quick Max Preps research, it seems like both St. Ignatius and Mother McCauley won on Tuesday. So I, I would assume that that means St. Ignatius and Mother McCauley play each other on uh, today in the GCAC tournament. Then Loyola, if they win against Montini, play either St. Ignatius or Mother McCauley on Saturday. But um, both really big matchups, Joe, where either if you beat Montini and then you get Mother McCauley or you get St. Ignatius, um, both teams, you know, beat Loyola so I feel like this could be a really good opportunity for them you know to kind of show that we can compete with the top team in the conference um and win a conference title um yeah and like I said they've got the talent they've got they've got the roster to do it um and to remind people for the hundredth time I know I keep saying it so sorry uh there's no seniors on this roster um so they are you know, Loyal is doing this all with a couple junior leaders and a lot of sophomores and, and freshmen pitching in and learning on the fly in high leverage games and situations. And for the most part, they've been successful 20 something in five or seven. I can't remember. Um, but they're a very good team. So uh, they can win these games. Um, but, you know, like I just mentioned, I, I don't think against these high uh, ranked uh, opponents you don't absolutely have to to feel good about your playoffs but just play good basketball yeah it should be good uh good hoops in the coming week uh let's move on over to some other stuff going on in the area with the playoffs uh girls gymnastics um 
will uh, nutrient the whole team will travel to Stevenson on uh, Wednesday, February 8th um, in that sectional. Joe, what, you know, you've got your traditional, you know, really good teams there. You've got Deerfield, you got Libertyville, you got Glenbrook North in that sectional, Buffalo Grove. Um, what can we expect from this team playing in that conference? Is Vernon Hills in there? Uh, Vernon Hills, yes, is in there too. Yeah, Vernon Hills is is an absolute force. They put up about one forty seven or one forty eight. Um, so there's an advancing team, you know. So, and I don't think Nutria can compete with that. Um, I mean, they can't really. So, this isn't a win or it's a disappointment type of sectional. This is a let's put out our best performance, put it all on the line with our season on the line, and get back to state which means they'll have to put put together probably in a large score um, or maybe go all the way up to second, but I don't, I don't know if they can do that either. So um, I think 141 and change, 142 should do it, um, but we'll see. And uh, I think you just got to, at this point in the season, I think all, all your routines are set. Um, I don't think you're installing any new tricks. You feel pretty good about it. Uh, just got to hit, just got to hit and hopefully – you know, you do that at a, at a few different events from a few different gymnasts, and all of a sudden you're, you know, you get 5, 0.5 here, 0.5 here, and you're up to 142. So I think that's what they're hoping, and I think they're capable of it. Should be really fun. We'll obviously have coverage of that. And then, you know, we got uh, wrestling playoffs starting this weekend, a really crazy uh, uh, time usually when uh, these wrestling uh, playoffs get started. Both Loyola and Nutria traveling to Fremd on Saturday. Um, I, I assume we'll see a decent amount of regional winners. I mean, I, unless something crazy happens, I mean, Macy Adioti, uh, top ranked at 120 by Illinois Mathmen. I would assume he's a pretty, you know, clear cut favorite. Uh, Quinn Herbert uh, should be competing for a regional title as well at 182. Um, Kai Kolka should be competing for a regional title at 220. So, um, and a lot of different other guys too. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see at least three or four, you know, individual regional titles uh, from this Ramblers team this weekend. Yeah, I mean, they put up five second place finishers in the, you know, powerful Catholic League um, tournament. So I'm with you. I think they do pretty well here. Um, it's a very exciting time of year um, um, as the playoffs are really getting going here. It's going to be um, wrestling's in a good spot at Loyola and it keeps uh, on the, going on the rise. Um, so. Um, it'll be good. I'm excited for it. Um, and uh, I think Nutri will push a, a few across too. And if we talk about uh, wrestling, Highland Park's got one of the top wrestlers that, oh, I'm going to forget Mark Martinez's weight class, but Mark Martinez is having a, a fantastic season and he should uh, be a, a regional winner, if not definitely a sexual qualifier. And, and he's got state written all over. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Always a fun time. So a um, lot to look forward to this upcoming week. A lot of great basketball action, a lot of great um you know gymnastics wrestling playoffs bowling all that kind of stuff and um we've also i'm sure we'll have swimming in the next couple of weeks so we are diving right into the postseason action here and uh um, we'll obviously have you covered with everything that you need to know um at the varsity podcast so just a quick reminder before we say goodbye that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere they're available make sure you check us out um subscribe leave a nice little note we always appreciate the kind words um, always make sure to check out my work at Friday Night Drive. We have a huge CCLESCC signing day list um, from the last week, and 
Um, I have my uh, signing day story of uh, Maris uh, Jamel Howard Jr. signing with uh, Wisconsin, uh, the last top 15 class of 2023 uh, recruit left in the state. Um, now it's time to uh, move on over to the class of 2024 as that recruiting cycle gets started. We've got a lot of fun stuff there. Um, so make sure you're checking out our work at Friday Night Drive. And as always, make sure you follow Joe at The Record North Shore. Not only does he have your sports coverage, but he's got everything else you need in the North Shore area covered as well. So make sure you're subscribing and donating to The Record North Shore. So for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure you follow us for the upcoming sports action. And we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity uh, product of the record, northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.